Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to this next live episode of Knowles Quality Control. I'm your host, Ben Meyerson. Today, I'm joined by a special guest, a good friend, uh, and the founder of Knowles Game Day, uh, Logan Robinson. Logan, uh, how are you doing, my man? I, I know, slow part of the year, but we're going to be talking about some exciting stuff today. It is the uh, slow part of the year, but I have to say, Ben, I've missed you. We became some good friends over the spring, and I got to hang out through the rain the, the little bit of the chilliness at the start, but then the hot, hot heat for a little while, sweating our tails off. But good to bounce back with you on here and looking forward to doing quite a bit of these, hopefully throughout the rest of the offseason to bring some content to some fans. Of course, man. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to serve the fans. And I know this has been a long time coming uh, because, like you said, uh, we really just got to shoot the shit over spring practice. We had a good time covering the Seminoles. Uh, and yeah, uh, those those rain days were interesting. I remember the one day we got stuck inside the Moore Center, man. Uh, that was uh, that was quite the day. And then I also remember, like you said, you know, sweating our tails off, man. Like I almost overheated a few days. So I'm I'm glad those uh, spring practices were at 4 p.m. and not high noon, because I think otherwise we wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> no, uh, no, and that was that was, that was fun. It was a good spring. It, it created a lot of question marks a little bit but a lot of a lot of positives that we'll be able to talk about throughout the rest of this offseason because um, there were some surprises surprises right off the bat first week and I'm definitely excited to to kind of start diving into preparing for this season which is a make or break one for Mike Norvell and staff it's a make or break season and as you can see from the title of this show it's 
likely Jordan Travis's last year as a Seminole. So I, I think looking at that quarterback position, that's where we want to start today because that's where all the drama is. Uh, of course, the Seminoles have Jordan Travis, but looking to the future, the Seminoles already have a 2023 QB commit with Chris Parson. We're going to talk about him in a little bit, but I want to address this overall first that in the past, I believe, week, week and a half, the Seminoles have offered two new 2023 quarterbacks. Both of them are top 500 players. Uh, they're also both Elite 11 finalists along with Chris Parson. Uh, it's going to be Brock Glenn and Ricky Collins. Ricky Collins is already committed to Purdue, but that also seems like a fluid situation where it could be a change at some point. And I know that the staff has connections with both of these players, and they do seem like they're very seriously interested. Uh, but I do want to go back to Chris Parsons first because it's been interesting what's been happening with him since all that news has come out. You see him put out offers from FSMU, offers from Mississippi State, which he has connections with. I believe that's uh, his kind of hometown school, sort of, or his dad has a connection through there. So um, what's your feel on this situation, Logan? Because I, I, I know Parsons... Um, you got to see him uh, or in person a little bit. I know Dustin has as well, Dustin Lewis over at Noel Game Day. You guys have really talked him up a lot, not just uh, – I mean, the highlights are great from him. The, they are electric. But more than anything, I think the thing I heard you and Dustin and others really speak to was this kid's arm strength and just how much of a playmaker he is. So can you talk a little bit about Parsons – uh, what you've seen from him, what information you might have about where you think he might be at right now um, and, and just kind of how this whole thing is going right now. Yeah, I think when you look at FSU Twitter, they like to heat up everything and that seems to be the case. And kind of when it comes to recruiting too in an off season like this where we're in the deep dead period, well, we got to find something to chat about. And that's understandable. We're all kind of bored. We're having to watch some basketball. No, no. No uh, hits on basketball people or hockey people. I think it's phenomenal. But for football people, it's it's pretty boring right now. So, you know, the big thing to dive into is recruiting. And whenever you're offering two quarterbacks in the same class on the same day, you're just asking for some kind of drama to be filled. And we kind of saw it before, too. Um, you know, something came up. And, uh, you know, Parson saw that on, on social media and it kind of started – a little rumor trend on if he was going to be sticking with Florida state and such, and if it was going into his head and, and that kind of got cleared up pretty quickly. And the staff has been very communicative from what uh, we've been told with Parson about these two offers uh, that were handed out to really two talented quarterbacks. One that originally, you know, got an invite be, uh, elite 11 finals invite before Chris Parson did. Congratulations to Chris Parson for retrieving that a couple of days ago. Um, Brock Lynn, who is, I mean, the guy that got it. And then you get, look at Ricky Collins, who's a big 10 quarterback commit at Purdue. You know, these are talented guys. And, you know, I think Florida state is doing the right thing here, being extra um, communicative with Parson. I don't think, you know, before these offers were given, I don't think Parson was too mixed on coming in and competing. I don't, I don't think that's something that is really a problem for him. It's just about the communication from staff and from what we've been told, everything has been fluid on that part. Uh, I think 
you know, with just social media kind of stirs some things up and that kind of sucks for, you know, a young, young kid. And that's now the way of the game, you know, and recruiting, everything's out on Twitter. You get to see everybody's opinions and, you know, you just got to hope you have tunnel vision to block it all out. But these are two talented quarterbacks, but this is what Florida state needs to do. Ben, you and I saw it at the spring all throughout camp. And I'm sorry. I mean, after Jordan Travis, I, I you just don't feel so good. You, you don't no, you feel don't. you don't feel so good to have someone throw thrown out there uh, and play a, a college game right now. You know, Tate Rodemaker has had the most experience out of them, and that's just not that's not enough. Um, and then AJ Duffy, Florida State has to bring in more than one quarterback in this class. And if it so be if it happens to be two quarterbacks and it be Chris Parson, uh, a Glenn or a Collins, vice versa. That that's a great, that's a great thing that Florida state staff needs to do. Coach Tokars and Norvell from what we were told has been very communicative with Parson. So it's just something that needs to happen. I, I just did not like seeing what we saw at the spring behind Jordan Travis because we, and it, and it sucks health reasons too with, with uh, JT that that's, you're already kind of put, and a tough spot heading into this 2022 season because you didn't grab anybody in the transfer market. Yeah, and I, I think there really is just that huge sense of urgency from the staff. Uh, more than your words, your actions speak louder, right? So mm-hmm. seeing what they've done in this past week, it's obvious not just that they are looking ahead, but they're aggressively looking ahead and anticipating transfers in the future, movement in and out of the room. And that's just the reality of college football in 2022 if you're not going to give opportunities to players they're going to go find a place to play and for the Seminoles to be bringing in multiple quarterbacks I do feel like they are playing with fire a little bit Logan you know it's a very delicate situation because it's pretty clear that the staff is it's not that it's Parson or Colin or Glenn it's some combination of two of those guys right so Right now, obviously, Parson is that commit for Florida State. He has been on campus a lot. He did work with Noel Game Day. He did interviews with you guys. Uh, He has the Bobby Bowden jacket. Clearly, he wants to be in Tallahassee. It's just a matter of what else is going to happen between now and when he's due to sign and come on campus uh, and be a Seminole. So uh, it's going to be interesting how that all plays out. Yeah, and just going back, I know you were originally talking, you know, asking about Parson and what about him that we like. And obviously it's that, that arm talent. He can move around in the pocket. He can sling the ball. We've seen him not only and maybe viral videos on Instagram and Twitter, but going over just to his highlights and how talented he is. I know there's a lot of question marks of going from school to school to school. You know, I think that's something that will be in the past and we'll get to watch him in his senior season and he's a he's a competitor. Um, he likes working. He likes training. He's a kid that gets up at four four thirty in the morning. <laughs> will go work out before anybody else. Um, and then he'll go through school. And then he'll have practices. And he'll go train later on at night. And he's not done till like nine p.m. And he goes to bed and does it all over again. So this is a kid that likes to work. He wants to train. He wants to get better. I thought during the Elite Eleven regionals, uh, he, he looked really good. I know. Uh, Zach Blostein was also there along with Dustin. Our guy Dustin was also there to cover him. And I thought just structured wise, you could see uh, a difference in what he's, what he looks like. His technique just looks good. And his feet work has gotten so much better. Why is that? He's up there training in Atlanta, training in Dallas with some really, really well-respected trainers along with some 
Justin Fields, uh, Chicago Bears quarterback, which if you're trying to maybe, I don't know, put your put your game around a player and try to mold it around it or, or learn ways and to get better and that kind of mold between Parson and Justin Fields, that's about as, as best as you can get, um, in my opinion. So he's a guy that likes to work. I don't think he's worried too much about competition. Um, you know, I, I think maybe this is time just to dial in and get prepared for the season ahead. But you, you definitely I see, I see some Florida State fans saying, well, oh, it's okay. Parson's got we, – we offered two more quarterbacks. Well, what happens if you lose Parson? And you go back to the last couple of years when you don't grab none of the damn quarterbacks. What are you going to do then? What, what is your future going to look like then? Your main focus right now is to keep Parson into the fold and do a good job recruiting him continuously and communicating with him um, because this is your guy, I think, of the future. If you're able to bring in a Glenn, a Collins to compete with him, that is just – that's an A1 quarterback class coming in for the 2023 Um Recruiting room, so uh, it's got to it's got to be it's got to be solely focused on keeping Parson. You, you don't want to lose him. I know a lot of Florida State fans just think that they can go out and grab anybody, but that let's go back to the past history, guys. That, that's not been the case for a little while. And I think it's really important with this whole Parsons thing to stay as communicative as the staff is right now, and we'll see this upcoming Saturday and Sunday. Uh, there's going to be a camp in Tallahassee. Uh, I'm going to be really interested to see one if Parson is there, and if he is there, what's he like? You know, what's the interaction like? What does the relationship look like between him and the staff? Um, and I'm hoping that's something we'll get to see this weekend. Although, you know, w- with these camp things, you kind of never know. Uh, but we'll find out more. And it does seem like a developing situation logan where i guess this next month these next two months really before the high school season starts ratcheting up parson has to start focusing on on his fall season uh you want to not only secure uh your future but you want to make sure that it is very clear and obvious what you're doing to that quarterback commit who you've had for so long right Uh, this is a guy who committed to you very early on in the process he clearly just wants to be a seminal. I don't think there's anyone who doubts that. So, uh, hey, see if the staff handles this right. I, I definitely – I think it's fair to have a little bit of worry, Logan. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think it's a full-blown panic mm-hmm. situation yet. But I think it's just one of those things we got to monitor week by week. we got to be looking at, you know, what offers he's going to be getting, what he's going to be talking about publicly. Um, and also we know this for – fact Logan this Florida State half or staff is just much higher on Parson than maybe other places are or how he's even viewed nationally right so this is a guy they are all in on you know the the other interest is not because they're not all in it's really just like you said that competition and the fact that hey this is just the nature of college football now look I mean Jordan Travis we'll talk about him soon but this is his last year as a seminal I, I, I think that's pretty clear and obvious. So, look, college football, it's uh, its just crazy, the transfer market with the quarterback position. You're going to get an opportunity if you're a good enough player. And um, I think it's smart of the staff to go after a few guys, you know, try and bring in multiple guys. It's just a matter of how they land this situation because you have to be very, very delicate. You, 
you can't screw this up like you said, Logan. If if they lose Parson in the process of going after these two other guys or even more quarterbacks in the class, and then they don't land any of the quarterbacks that they deem elite and worthy, the ones that they want to bring in, uh, they're going to look really stupid. Yeah, they are. So. Yeah, this is not gonna not gonna look so great going back to the past of the quarterback room and you know what you know Mike Norvell. I think Mike Norvell does a good job in the in the recruiting room for what it is. But now these quarterbacks want to see wins, and you've got a quarterback already committed. You've got you got to try your hardest to keep them, like you said, Ben. Expected we're still expecting to see Chris Parson here in town here this weekend for a gigantic recruiting event um, going on. With the mega camp expected to throw to uh, in front of Mike Ravel, also 2024 quarterback Luke uh, Cromenhoek, too. Uh, if you go back to Brock Glenn, too, you know, he's expecting, you know, he's wanting to make a decision this month, yeah. this month alone. And he does want to make a visit to Florida State uh, before making a decision. And so things can get even more interesting this month. We kind of expected this. This is why we're this is why we're here. We're, we're starting to get closer. If you think about it, you know, a couple months from now we'll be back and getting ready for some fall camp action. Things are starting to heat up now, and this is where recruiting really starts bumping, and it's going to be bumping a lot for Florida State after a pretty slow month of May. But this is going to be a big quarterback kind of recruiting cycle for Florida State, and it's much needed. In my, in my opinion, you've got to try to bring in too because if you look at like we've talked about that quarterback room you just don't feel good i i don't feel good about it heading into the 2022 quarterback or into the season and i don't even feel that great about aj duffy to be honest i don't i don't think it's fair to highly criticize him or judge him Mm -hmm. you know solely off what we've seen in this spring but i also think Staff isn't comfortable with him starting over Tate Rodemaker right now. If, if Jordan Travis couldn't play at all this season, I don't really think even Mike Norvell or the staff quite quite know right now who they would want to be that starting guy. Um, and I, I don't know, you know, and I'm not trying to uh, put down Tate Rodemaker, but he's just a backup quarterback. He's a great practice quarterback, and that's about it. So Florida State needs to find some other depth at the QB position. Um, and I do want to take a look first at uh, at the Purdue commit Collins. Um, man, this is a, a really interesting prospect, like a highly, highly ranked kid. Uh, yeah. bring, bring up his uh, film right here. Um, and, and I think, you know, we'll talk about Brock Glenn next. Brock Glenn, to me, is – is your more pocket passer. He's your, your, more your Philip Rivers, uh, Tyler Van Dyke type of quarterback, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I hate to compare him to a Miami quarterback, but I was texting Dustin the other day, you know, when I watched this, uh-huh. but that's kind of what I see. Um, but with Ricky Collins, uh, like you said earlier, this is a Big Ten Purdue commit, and let's just take a look at some of his highlights. Uh, he's a playmaker, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, those – he. he that that throw right there, they, it looks it, it was a very good throw. It was a little out of uh, structure, but I think when you watch him operate in a clear structure in a good pocket uh, with with good depth, man, his ability to navigate the pocket, uh, to to have a great base, to have all the right mechanics, uh, I thought he was the most impressive in that aspect. Yeah, no, he he definitely you know, there's. 
things you can work on. I mean, like I said, this is a junior in high school, so not everything is going to look gorgeous. But if you're looking for playmaking abilities, this is where Ricky Ricky Collins ha- has some game to him. He can move around. He's shifty. Um, run a little RPO. He's able to find there and the end zone. And you're looking at two of the same style of quarterbacks. If you're looking specifically at Parson and Collins, you would love for this to probably be your two. I mean, you're not going to say no to Glenn either whatsoever, but if you're looking at two quarterbacks that you'd like to have the same style of play in, this is where Parson and Collins might fit that mold a little bit better. And because if you go back, I mean, Florida state had a really rough time with having Jordan Travis, who, Likes to run around. Uh, he, he can throw, but he's a dual-threat quarterback. And then you had McKenzie Milton as your backup, and you're having to throw McKenzie Milton out there in the games because Jordan Travis wasn't healthy. But you're running the same offense that Jordan Travis uh, runs, but you're using McKenzie Milton, and that was just no bueno. You know, we looked at the NC State game, and I, I don't think Florida State loses that if Jordan Travis is available to play. That's something that Florida State has got to do here, you know, in my opinion, uh, get two quarterbacks in that are running the same kind of system, dual threat, and can move out of the pocket a little bit. You know, you're hoping now that offensive line continues to grow and get better. Coach Atkins is doing a phenomenal job of bringing in talent now. He's got a class to work with. Um, but, you know, if you want the two-style kind of quarterbacks, you probably go more Collins, but you will not say no uh, to Brock Lynn. No. And, and Collins also – and he has a lot of interest right now from uh, other schools. I know he's committed to Purdue, but I believe he's gotten offers from Oregon and Washington around the same time he got offers from Florida State. This is another kid who's an Elite 11 finalist, uh, and he's a top 200 player, I think, on 247 forward. So, like like you said, I, if you're adjusting from one quarterback to the next, you know, you want to bring in similar style of guys. Uh, if you're looking at Parson and Collins, they're very similar stylistically, for sure. And, and like you said, going from George Travis to Mackenzie Milton, it's kind of a disaster, man. Like, let's just be honest, because you have two different signal callers who just do so many different things that you have to completely change your offense and what what you want to do, what what you base out of. Like, like there's just so many things um, – and that it, it would be it was just so tough switching from one guy to the next so having parson having collins being able to have similar style guys that would be awesome so if you can bring in both those guys in that class have them compete behind aj duffy as aj duffy is getting that opportunity and developing them uh that's a great way to to, to go about this uh, i guess with collins is there anything you're hearing about you know i know talk to dustin he he was saying that there's definitely a connection between him, you know, in the Florida State staff. That's why both of these guys got offers because of those connections that they have. So, you know, I know Collins is a Baton Rouge kid. Uh, I, I know there's also a, a wide receiver that Florida State is looking at from Baton Rouge as well. Probably a little less likely to get him, but um, I know that I, I know for Collins, it's, it seems like this is very much an open recruitment right now. He does not seem 100% committed to Purdue. And I guess just what's your feel on him getting flipped in general, whether it be to Florida State or another school? Yeah, I think for Collins, like you said, it does sort of feel like that period of his recruitment where it's starting to open up a little bit. I mean, when you're receiving offers from 
big time schools. Definitely looking at Oregon. We look at Florida State now, who desperately is trying to fix that quarterback room. That's where it opens up a lot of opportunities for Collins to come play for a big time brand and college football that's trying to turn things around. And maybe the only thing to his concern would be that they already have, you know, Chris Parson in it. If there's no problem for that and he's willing to come in and compete and because if you think about it, you still have Jordan Travis too. We'll see what ends up happening with him after this upcoming season. But, you know, you're looking at a pretty good quarterback room that he'd have to work in, develop, get under Coach Tokars and compete in. And I think they will continue to have to have really good communication in his recruitment if that's going to work out. You know, I think with both – you know, Tokars and Norvell, they've got to find they've got to find some bodies in this room. If it does end up being Collins, then that's a great grab. But I think there is an open type of recruitment right now. Um, now that he's starting to add on more offers, and he definitely will going into his senior year. Um, that's where you see a lot of bumps. I mean, even during camps uh, throughout the next two months are big in high school football for traveling, going on onto these uh, camps in front of college coaches, going in front of head coaches. There will be a lot this upcoming weekend in front of Coach Norvell, Coach Tokars that will be throwing that, you know, maybe one or two may uh, end up getting offers. But that's going to be the whole case for around the whole entire country. So um, expect both Collins and Glenn to, to get a lot of traction. But Florida State decided to jump in at the late of May to get their – to get their name in the hat there and hope starting to build that, that relationship and the recruitment. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting most certainly to watch both want to, you know, get to Florida state soon again and take a real nice visit. Um, I was going to say, I believe Collins already has his uh, official visit scheduled for June 10th. I believe it is, or is is that an unofficial? I'm looking now, have it in a second. I'm looking back at some of these messages, but I know definitely Glenn, uh, wanted to, like you said, he's trying to commit this month. Um, as for Kai, he's, uh, yeah, anyway, like you had mentioned too, five star wide receiver Sheldon Sampson Jr., um, that relationship there, um, with Collins because seven, seven on seven teammates. So you add on that recruiting, cr- recruitment, and then you look over on the other side, though, you look at Chris Parson and the tight relationship between five star wide receiver Jalen Brown. So, <laughs> Either maybe Mike Norvell and Coach Tokars are playing a game that we're just trying to catch up on and maybe starting to connect the dots, but maybe right. you're trying to keep a quarterback commit. Chris Parson, who's trying to, you know, has done a really good job as being a bell cow so far and helping recruit. He's hopefully be able to maybe snag uh, Jalen Brown if there's a possibility there. I think there's still more recruiting to do there, in my opinion, on Florida State's side. Some winning is going to have to be the key. But then you look over there and you look at Collins and the relationship with another five-star wide receiver, and maybe maybe there's some some things in the works here. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun watching what Collins ends up doing because it does feel like there's some kind of open side to this and listening to a lot of these other coaches and not locking things down as much. Yeah, and this summer is going to be really huge. I, I, with Collins, it's a little more unclear what his timeline is. I know with Brocklin, we know for a fact he, he wants to get this recruitment done by the end of the month going into july that's i believe what he said his plan is uh and i do want to go over to glenn now let's bring up some of his junior highlights Mm -hmm. uh i again i was talking about him just about 10 minutes ago how he's a very i would say philip rivers-esque sort of 
player. I don't know if that's the perfect way to describe him, but he's a big kid. Uh, he, he's about uh, is he six two? Okay, he looks bigger than that. I know he's listed at six two. I don't believe that for a second. Uh, but just the way he stands in the pocket, his presence in the pocket, his ability to to climb is super impressive to me. Um, and he's more of your pro-style quarterback, right? He's not Chris Parson. He's not Ricky Collins. Um, but, you know, I, I he just r- reminds me of your classic pocket passing you know, uh, kind of climbing the pocket sort of quarterback. You know, I, I don't know how great that arm is. Maybe we'll get to see that more in person. Uh, but what's your feel on Brock Glenn? And, you know, is there any information that you guys have really heard about him so far in his recruitment? Well, right off the bat, whenever we were ta- when we were able to talk to Glenn, Dustin had a quick little interview with him. Uh, he said he really enjoys uh, he wants to be coached under minor He respects him. You know, he's a guy that wants to make it to the NFL. Uh, and hopefully, you know, that, that's always the main goal. He said, I love everything he stands for talking about Mike Ravel and what he believes in. Really. I trust him coaching me and developing me for the main goal, which is getting into the NFL. And he's not a Collins. He's not a Parson in the way that he's moving around in the pocket as much. Like you had mentioned earlier, he, he goes and will stay in there and stick there. He can still move. Yes. Um, you know, this is still fitting Florida state's offensive scheme. Um, you know, we, we see it a lot with how Jordan Travis develops and now want to keep him in the pocket more as a passer, um, you know, few dropbacks and we'll go through the lethal threat there, which we saw him do a lot with Ja'Kai Douglas, your guy who's looking to have a big season ahead. Glenn, Glenn likes to stay in that pocket. Bigger size, I would say definitely bigger than um, Parson. Also, if you're looking at Collins, um, just bigger size and, and has a maybe larger frame in the bottom uh, bottom half uh, down the legs. Just not, not, not the biggest uh, mobile guy around, and that's fine. You don't really need that too much. Um, you know, if he's got an arm that he can develop and get better in, that's where Glenn uh, has a big – Big time chance of improving. Um, definitely, this upcoming season for him is senior year. And then, if he were to, you know, commit and and go to Florida State and coach Tokars, you can start to work on things like that. Uh, but Glenn, Glenn, I think is one that wants to wants to make a commitment this this month. And if he does end up coming and getting a visit here, which I know he wants to do very soon, you know, things things you could have two quarterbacks in the 2023 class, which like we talked about much needed. Yeah. And I, it, with Glenn, uh, like we've been talking about, he is just different than those two guys. But I think the most impressive thing to me is, you know, we talked about arm strength. He might not have, you know, a rocket arm. That's just not how I would describe him. Right. But he has great arm talent. And I think you can see that in his highlights, his ability to layer balls over the middle I, I think for, for me, I always love those quarterbacks who have that point guard feel to them, right? That that uh, that feel where they're just so in control of the situation, where they have touch, ease. And, and to me, Collins and Glenn, while they might not be similar stylistically, it's dual threat versus pro style guys, uh, they're both really great, uh, you know, with uh, assisting, you know, using – the ball the right way um and, and, and to me they're both just very good in terms of their base and in terms of 
the mechanics they have. In terms of what you're working with, like you mentioned for Tony Tokars, uh, I think it's a they're both very moldable uh, pieces of clay, right? The, mm. the, you can both really build them up and build on what they're already doing so well because I think both these guys are very, very talented. And obviously, all three of these guys are getting interest uh, from the Elite 11. They're all finalists for that camp, which is obviously, you know, the most famous uh, <laughs> camp. Uh, but also, I, I know with Glenn, there's huge interest uh, from him in terms of Florida State and both ways, right? Uh, but I also know he has other interests that he's receiving. Auburn, uh, Virginia, I believe he has official visits with before he will probably be at Florida State, unless he's there this upcoming weekend. Uh, but with, with Glenn, you know, what's your feel for him in terms of the other schools being interested, uh, the SEC interest he's getting? Uh, do you feel like Florida State is really kind of in this fight for him, or is it too early to tell? Uh, I don't think it's too crazy early. I mean, you look at the SEC, you've got Auburn. I think you've got – this fits Mississippi State's kind of quarterbacks here, but Mississippi State also throws an offer there, and Glenn fits that kind of mold perfectly for what kind of offense Mississippi State uh, oh, yeah. has been running for a little while. Those are those kind of big-sized guys that, that like to throw the ball and uh, throw the ball a lot. Maybe not too much entirely a, a mobile guy, but you know, Glenn. I hey, think if you can sling it, man, uh, Mike Leach is going to love you. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. If you could throw the ball a lot a lot, a lot, a lot, then Mississippi State's got their guy. But I think Auburn, Mississippi State, but Florida State jumping in here, I don't think it's too late whatsoever, maybe not too early either. What I'm really getting a feel from is Glenn's relationship with Mike Novell, and you know he's talked very highly of him. He respects him, and I think that's really worth noting after a team and the coach that has only won eight games in two seasons so far, still believing in the process and the build that Coach Norvell is trying to do. And the biggest thing, you know, his goal is – to get outside of college and get into the NFL and, and be a pro quarterback, he's looking at Coach Ravel and saying, I can be developed behind that coach. I can learn under Coach Tokars, who is a really, you know, a really young coach now getting a chance in the quarterback room, who is gonna have probably if you're able to bring two quarterbacks in, he's gonna have a lot of responsibilities on his hands. He's gonna have quite the handful. <laughs> yeah, continuing to develop, but if you're grabbing one or two of the Collins, Glenn, if I'm just picking one of those, if it goes that way, you're already bringing in talent that you don't have to do really too crazy much with. You know, you get, you understand the system. You're definitely going to continue to develop, but it's not the case to where you've got Tate Rodemaker there. And like we said, we're not, we're not putting too much on AJ Duffy after the spring. There's definitely a lot more that I think you and I, you know, we, we want to see a lot more from because that wasn't, it wasn't a it wasn't a good grade from what we saw in the spring, and we understand it's just a spring. But still, um, I, I just don't think a quarterback of the future for the program is anywhere behind Jordan Travis at all. Um, and so, Glenn Collins, those are your best chances for that. And like I said, there's not much work you really have to do there. Those are truly talented quarterbacks that, like you said, receiving. Uh, SEC offers, and now Florida State's trying to jump in here uh, in the summer of 2022 to try to grab one of them. Yeah, so it's going to be really interesting to see how all this plays out. Obviously, it, I think it's going to be a domino situation where you see one make a decision, you'll see how the others go, and including Parson as well. Um, 
this next month is going to be really intriguing, especially with Glenn having that timeline, right? With Brock Glenn, we know he wants to get this commitment done by the end of the month. So, you know, things could get uh, really, really interesting here towards the end of June uh, for, for all of these guys. But we've touched on Jordan Travis a little bit. I want to actually talk about this being his final season. Um, so I think, you know, we all had an inclination that, the staff might be expecting this, that Jordan himself might be feeling that this is his last sort of season at Florida State. But I think what really confirmed a lot of our suspicions, um, uh, multiple media outlets, right, just the media across the board, is that Florida State has serious interest in multiple 2023 guys. So given what we've been talking about, you know, Parsons, Glenn, Collins, uh, that interest in multiple guys, man, that is just not great news for Jordan Travis. And for you, Logan, mm-hmm. do you think this is a situation where it's mutual, where Jordan Travis sees this as, hey, you know what? I've gotten the opportunity here. I'm going to get one more full starting year. And then from there, I'm either going to be going pro, maybe even transferring, figuring something else out. But I guess my whole thing with Jordan is that this is the season for him to prove it. I think he hasn't been given a fair shake in the sense that his receiving options are just not good enough to show off his arm talent and his ability. Um, And and I think we're going to see more of that this season. I mean, Micah Pittman is your number one receiver for this season, and he's really not a true number one guy, right? I think Winston Wright was supposed to be that guy, but we really don't know where Winston Wright is at right now. And even if the staff is really optimistic about getting him closer to the start of the season, given the nature of his injury and how far out it is, it's just not, a, there's not a consistent timeline that you can really go off right now. A lot can happen in between now and September and August. Um, so I guess with Jordan, man, do you feel like this is a hundred percent his last year? And then if it is, you know, why do you think that is? I'm not I'm not entirely sold yet on that. I think too it is spring. Now we're heading into summer, so we're kind of kind of contemplating things here and there. I think Fort State would love to have Jordan Travis back for another year. Um, at this rate, FSU fans, you gotta have a veteran guy in there. You don't want to go into 2023. I'm sorry, you don't want to go into 2023. You have one right now. You only have one. Uh, committed, maybe you get two, but then, you know, you've got Tate Rodemaker if he intends on staying um, and A.J. Duffy. I'm sorry, but that's that's not a really good thing to be looking at. You would love to have Jordan Travis back for another year. I think that's – unless something crazy happens, we haven't even gotten into a game yet and what Jordan Travis is going to look like. I thought that he looked pretty well uh, during the spring. He was by far the best quarterback in the room. Um, you know, I think there was a lot of – um, just kind of silliness, you know, of some things being talked about about the other quarterbacks regarding Rodemaker, maybe AJ Duffy. But sorry, Jordan Travis was was uh, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even funny how not close it was. Well, it, it, Logan, let's just let's just paint the picture too, because I think the one thing that fans might understand a little bit, but I really think is one of the most important parts of this is that Jordan Travis gets his best ability taken away. In the spring environment, in spring practices, he can't be that ultimate 
joystick playmaker that we see on the field on Saturdays, right? So given that you take away Jordan Travis's, I mean, it's his biggest asset by far, right? That, that ability he has. And then with Tate Rotomaker, and I think why he gets so much attention in the spring and spring only is because you're just a pocket passer in the spring. And for Tate, he can sit back there, try and pick the, the defense apart. Um, but even then, Logan, hmm. even given that Tate is getting the advantages of, you know, it being suited more to his skill set, Jordan just looks better than he does. And I think a lot of people are still vastly underrating Jordan's arm talent and his processing as a quarterback. To me, I, I feel like he, he just makes jump after jump. The more and more time he gets uh, on the football field, on the practice field, the more time he's able to spend in this offense and have that consistency around him. I, I just think this is a kid that you put real playmakers in this offense that could win one-on-one you would see what kind of ability Jordan Travis has, but that's just not the case for this team. They don't have those playmakers. They don't really have those guys who can fully show off Jordan Travis' skill set. So especially in that spring atmosphere, him being that impressive to me blew me out of the water. I expected Tate to look good. So even maybe closer to Jordan, but to be honest, man, I thought Jordan was excellent (laughs) in his – his ability as a pocket quarterback, his ability beyond his skill as a playmaker running the ball and avoiding defenders, you know, forcing missed tackles. Um, I just thought he looked damn near elite as a passer this past spring. It was very rare to watch Jordan Travis throw an interception during the spring. It was very rare. I mean, we talked about it quite a bit, you know, asking each other, well, has he thrown one this week yet? And that's something Jordan Travis near the latter half of last year did a phenomenal job of making sure that those interceptions and he fixed that he developed, he progressed. And that's something that you want to see from your veteran quarterback. You know, this is his true full spring as being a true starter. You know, Norbell told us that in the opening press conference, getting ready for the spring. This is their starting quarterback. The staff really sees a lot in Jordan Travis. I mean, the whole program does, you know, we, we hear things left and right and, everything they they really like Jordan Travis and I don't think anybody wants to push away Jordan Travis the biggest knock on him is health right now if there's something that can be fixed there I don't know you know if that's behind the scenes things going on and that's off-season training you know it looks like he's gained what 10 pounds pretty much uh getting close now heading to uh, the rest of the summer, 10, 15 pounds, that, that's big for a guy that if he can keep his speed, which he's one of the shiftiest and fastest guys on the team, be able to add on some more pounds. And if that helps his health this upcoming season, then boom, uh, that's huge for him. Maybe number two is, is just as reads the deep ball, you know, and we heard really good things out of those scrimmages. You know, we weren't able to go to those. Sadly, I wasn't open up to the media. Norvell, come on. Let us get one chance, please. One chance. Just we won't give away man. all the secrets. We won't Just give away one. all the secrets. We did get but, to see them in dope goal line, one day, right. which was really great. That, that was a fun day. But you're right. We didn't really get to see him in the scrimmages where it sounded like he dominated. And I do want to just touch yeah. on what you talked about for a second. Jordan Travis is obviously the leader of Florida State. But it's not because he's the starting quarterback. It's because of the respect all the other players have for Jordan Travis, including guys like Jared Verse, who not that he should be, you know, have a bad relationship with Jordan Travis, but it's not like it's not every year you see 
you know, potentially one of your best defensive players being best friends with the quarterback, being very close to him. So I, I just think Jordan Travis has this infectious energy that the team is really feeling. And uh, I, I don't think they really, like, they just don't care what the fans think. They believe in Jordan, man. They absolutely believe in Jordan. And they think he's going to be that guy to push them over the top. So there's that huge belief in Jordan Travis. And obviously, I think, like you said, the staff probably wants Jordan back. But let's get to our, our original question. If it does become a situation where Jordan Travis Travis is no longer a seminal after the 2022 season, why do you think that is? Hmm. Well, I'm trying to think of well, I, I don't really see too much of if you're bringing in two quarterbacks that are talented that fit that same kind of field. I mean, you look at Ohio State, they do it quite a bit. Yes, some guys get opportunities to leave there. Okay. But like we talked about, that's the nature of it, Logan, right? You see yeah. guys in the past few years, Quinn Ewers, obviously, famously Joe Burrow transferred. Yeah. But ha- ha- having that, all those quarterbacks and trying, you know, getting one of the more talented guys instead of having a guy transfer and figuring that situation out, you know, having in-house guys and then one of them having to transfer because the room is so good, it's not a bad problem to have at all. Yeah, I see. So I'm looking at this past offseason, looking at the transfer room. Florida State didn't grab anybody alone. That kind of tells me that they feel fine, definitely with Jordan Travis being their starter. They feel solidified there. That's fine. I still think, you know, I wish there was better chances out there, and there might have not been for Florida State to grab someone. They could have gone over and grabbed Jaden Daniels, Arizona State transfer, who's going to LSU, who could end up being the starter against Florida State in Baton Rouge and New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans where, you know, things get really interesting between two quarterbacks that are really elusive dual threat guys. But, you know, Jane Daniels likes to throw the ball away and throw it into the opponent's uh, hands. And that's something Jordan Travis, like we talked about, progressed and got better at. I think Florida State really does like Jordan Travis. I'm not set and and on the whole, you know, you bring in two quarterbacks, that's going to make Jordan Travis want to leave or transfer somewhere. I just don't feel that unless it's something to where, you know, Jordan Travis wants to go pro. He feels like he's ready for that. That would be my feeling on it. I don't think he would be like, yes, let's say he has, let's say he has a full healthy season, knock on wood, everything's good to go. Does he want to transfer and go play for another university like that? And, understand a whole new system which he's kind of done already he's already transferred from louisville um i just don't see that to be the case at all like i said this program and the people inside of that building the more that i've heard from talk so highly of jordan travis and then if you look at his teammates we interview all of them you know after every practice and how much do they talk about jordan travis the way that he is helping being a leader. We saw it day one, you know, going over and talking with AJ Duffy saying, you know, this is, this has got to be a big spring for you. Let's go. Let's get it. And being a big time leader for AJ Duffy, he's that way for the whole entire team. He's taken a hold of that. And, you know, the only, the only thing I'd see him going to, if it is the, the pro route, but right now though, that, that nah, not happening. Right. Not going to happen unless something, Crazy happens this season. That'd be the only reason. I just don't see him wanting to transfer to a whole new system and learn that and then try to compete, which nowadays, you know, you're probably going to have to compete with somebody. I, I just don't, I don't feel that way. And I think closer to home too, 
it just doesn't all add up to me. I don't know. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how fall camp and maybe some things get uh, come up out of the water with some of the, the rumors or maybe, but I just don't feel it right now. I think Jordan Travis, uh, and unless he blows up this upcoming year, I just don't see where he wants to leave. And uh, I, I definitely don't see him wanting to transfer to another university. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty much on the same page as you. I, I totally agree with that. I think barring something unforeseen, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether that be good or bad, like I'm, you know, I'm not saying like injury, like just something huge happens there will be that change likely, but uh, to play devil's advocate, just a little Logan, I, mm-hmm. I think the one perspective that really stuck with me and when I was considering Jordan Travis um, and potentially leaving is this is his fifth year of college football. And I, I, I just wonder if he's never going to be an NFL quarterback, if that's not his path and he does want to get to the pros Will he have to make that jump this year? I guess that's more the question I'm asking myself, Logan, because he, yeah, he could go out and prove it in 2023 again, but I still don't think that leads to him getting drafted as an NFL quarterback or a team drafting him very highly. You know, uh, I, I see him as a project player. Uh, I, I think, Look, I'm one to say I think it's super dumb when you see, you know, guys coming into the NFL like Lamar Jackson, right? And Mm. the entire league wants to make them into something they're not. But with Jordan, I just don't think he's an NFL quarterback. So I I think if you're trying to make an if you're trying to make him into something he's not in that sense, um, I just wonder how many, you know, how much longer, you know, doing that extra year, doing that sixth year at Florida State how much that would help him in the future. Because I, I think if it's a situation where he genuinely feels like, or it is understood by him and communicated to him by the pro level guys that you're not going to be an NFL quarterback, but we think you can be an NFL player, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in whatever capacity that might be. That is a situation where I see Jordan Travis saying to himself, you know what, I can come back for 2023, but then you're also risking a lot for 2023. Um, because I really, you know, I think 2022 is that year to capitalize, to, to, to push the envelope, right? I just don't know if he can do it that much more again the year after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's definitely worth noting because with, with Jordan Travis, he's, he's been in such a weird situation with, you know, he had Mackenzie Millen come in last year and, you know, that seemed to be maybe a competition until we got to see a little glance of, of those scrimmages that were open to the public um, and that wasn't even, you know, that wasn't even close. It was well known that Jordan Travis was going to win that job. And then you go back the year prior and Jordan Travis wasn't even in the top two in that quarterback room. I mean, it was Blackman. Then Tate Rodemaker was thrown out there and Purdy wasn't even available yet, you know, still dealing with recovering after that injury that happened in the spring. And then Jordan Travis got his chance and that game offense just moved down the field. That's something that I think Florida State fans need to realize, too. With this offense, that that team moves down the field. Um, and you got to learn, too, that Jordan Travis can do it on the big stage while being in a big-time environment inside Doak against a rival that you haven't beaten in a little while with Miami. A drive of a lifetime, taking them down the field, connecting with Ja'Kai Douglas. Then, obviously, 4th and 14 uh, there with um, – 
God, I just forgot his dad. Oh, Parchment. man. You're, Parchment. You're, AP, you're, baby. You're, I was rolling. Nah, AP. No, 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 no. You dropped the ball on that one, Logan. Come on. You, you got you to gotta apologize to AP. AP, I am sorry. I hope the Carolina Panthers things are going well for you up there and the opportunity you were given. But just to see him navigate down the field, it, it's starting to get repetitive from maybe fans and onlookers of how much more are you going to want from Jordan Travis? I mean, I understand. I think the biggest thing, if you want to, like we said, knock on, it's the health, but how much more are you wanting to get if he's continuing to improve like this? The thing is, I would understand if fans are having a real problem, if things are digressing and he's not getting better, he's throwing more interceptions, the offense isn't clicking, but God damn, man, how much more do you want when he's able to go down the field? You look at his passing, you look at his touchdown and interception ratio, from the last quarter of the season, what what else do you what else do you want? Um, and if he's going to continue to progress, now being the name, the starter, this is his offense, this is his system. Just like Coach Atkins said, you know, this isn't Norvell's offense, this isn't my my offense, this is Jordan Travis's offense heading into twenty twenty two. Now, you know, I know we're looking ahead at maybe twenty twenty three, and if he stays, I think it'd be gigantic for Florida State to have Jordan Travis come back and be a twenty twenty three quarterback, be that veteran, and have hopefully to a Parson, a Collins or a Parson Glenn, uh, whichever of those combinations to sit behind Jordan Travis, a true dual threat guy that knows his system and can lead Florida state to a, a big season, hoping that in 2022, this season, Florida state at least grabs seven or eight wins and helps in that recruiting front. And I think the one thing with me for Jordan Travis moving forward, and I want to end the Jordan Travis discussion on this is the weight you touched on that specifically, right? Mm-hmm. If he can, Man, if he can be 220 pounds, I think this is a much different discussion. But I think just because of how naturally slight that his frame is, right, and the fact that I just think he's a hard gainer, he just doesn't put on weight very fast, you know. Uh, if he can gain enough weight to be and be durable enough over the length of the season, this is a different discussion. I just don't think I'm anticipating that quite yet, Logan. And it's more... I'm not going to believe it till I see it, right? You, you got to prove it and you got to prove that you can be healthy for that 12 game stretch over the course of the season. Um, and obviously there were some strange things that happened last year. I mean, the entire team got the flu <laughs> for, the, mm-hmm. for a week. Right. So um, obviously very strange. And like you said, the Louisville game probably would have been a different outcome had he played. Uh, but I think I'm not hundred percent sure this is Jordan Travis's last season. But I really, yeah, it's something to monitor. And I think it's fair to say at the end of the year, they'll be at a crossroads of sort where a decision just has to be made. Um, Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. May 11th is whenever Jordan Travis posted that video of him uh, up to 208 pounds. Uh, If he's able to add just 10 more of that, even, you know, you look at coach storms when he's been able to do, if he can give him the Joshua farmer, uh load up package of proteins and calories <laughs> then i think he's going to be able to gain it uh if he's able to put him on the farm or plan but uh yeah if, he, if he's able to add 10 more pounds and really that's the big thing of just health keeping him healthy and he did look at it last year he did so much better of sliding getting out of the way getting to the sideline when it's not needed there's no need re- reason to take those hits you kind of saw it maybe in the florida game where he was taking some risk but you know what that's potentially could be your last game of the season, which sadly ended up being, but he's a guy that will drive. He'll, he'll almost be a little physical with you and try to run you over too. If he's going to try to get that first down, 
that's something you don't want to see in September and October going on whatsoever. But a guy that likes to compete, he's going to play for his teammates. And it goes to show, too, you know, he gets he gets hurt. It's that it seems to be an elbow problem. There might be other things that we don't know of behind the scenes. But he's a guy that will go out of the game. He'll do whatever kind of fixes the training staff can do with him. And he'll go back out there. And that's something this team really respects. That's why they love him. And that's something Florida State hasn't had in a while. You know, a guy I mean, remember the, the Florida game, Logan. I, I, I mean, I remember first quarter. First quarter, it looks like. I mean, it looks like he dislocated his shoulder. I don't think that's mm-hmm. what happened, but but he's walking off the field. You know, like with his arm just like hanging out of the socket, yeah. almost it looked like. Uh, so for him to come back in that game, like you said, fight the way he did, uh, he got a lot of teammates respect that that day not that he hadn't already before but man the the hits jordan travis is taking the <laughs> to me that's the thing mike norvell you you, you just gotta just gotta fucking figure this out mike don't get mm-hmm. jordan hit that way that we saw him hit last season because i'm sorry but you can just you know when you need jordan travis as much as the seminoles need jordan travis that durability is so key for him this year um it is yeah. Very much on the coach as well as the player to protect him. So I think the Seminoles need to do a better job of protecting uh, Jordan, especially in their play design. I mean, I, I just feel like, Logan, there was a certain point in some parts of the season where he was a battering ram, and the offense was uh, Jordan. If there's a receiver open, throw it to him. If the first if the first couple of guys aren't open, run for your effing life, man. Because mm. um, the hits we saw him sustain, especially in those first six games, it, it, it was just unnecessary, unsustainable for six for a twelve game season. Um, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see if Jordan can gain more weight. You know where his body's at heading into the fall. Seems like he's as healthy as he's been. Um, so this would be a really good opportunity yeah. for him in that sense. I know we're moving on real quick, but I was going to mention to get ready for the Jordan Travis and um, Malik McLean show because this whole spring I thought that was. By far, his favorite t- target. By far, they connected very well, and we saw really good signs from McLean last year. If you're looking at a guy, a playmaker, red zone, anywhere on the field, watch out for that Malik McLean and Jordan Travis uh, connection. The only reason that's happening, Jordan Travis, it was rare. It wasn't. We didn't get to see it a lot. He did when needed, but Jordan Travis was staying in that pocket as long as he could, trying to dial down. He had a first. He had a third read, fourth read, I believe, the second week of spring practice, which I've never seen. We've never seen Jordan Travis do something like that and connected over the middle to a wide open Ontario Wilson. That's something we just don't see from Jordan Travis as much. He wants to stay in that pocket. We saw signs of that last year, but this spring it was not. It was not likely to see Jordan Travis running around outside of that pocket, getting you know getting nervous and getting antsy. That's really really nice to see. But get ready for that Jordan Travis Malik McLean show. That was really fun to watch this spring. Now that's going to be a really fun duo, and and I think it's more on Malik's development more than anything. We saw the flashes from him. He's just got to put it together and, and work on his consistency. Because I think while Micah Pittman to me. Micah, I think Micah's wide receiver one, but I think it's more because Micah is so dependable, and we know exactly what we're going to be getting from him on a game-to-game, target-to-target, quarter-to-quarter basis. Uh, so I love Malik. I love that connection. I think you're right. Jordan is going to give him opportunities to make plays downfield uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but it, this was a big offseason for this Florida State team. Obviously, you know, 
they're able to get some transfers. And, and, and we know from Mike Norvell, we talked about this a little bit ago. The fact is, is he's not has been as aggressive in the quarterback transfer market recently. They maybe dipped in their toes into that water a little bit. I mean, Jordan Travis, even like you mentioned, transfer guy that they brought in. But the transfers were so important for Florida State last season, Logan. It, it, the reason that Florida State elevated to the level they did, even though I know a lot of people will say, still say they're five and seven, the, the reason that we saw that defense especially improve is because of transfers that they brought in. Um, so if you're going to pick one guy from this 2022 transfer class, obviously there's some big names, Trey Benson, Jared Verse, guys, Bless Harris, Micah Pittman. Uh, but who's going to be that one guy for you, you who think is going to make the biggest impact this offseason or from this offseason? Oh, yeah. I mean, you you kind of already know, Ben. I, uh, I, I, I wasn't salivating. I promise I wasn't salivating. Nobody judged me um, during the spring practices. But I told you, I kept on dragging you around and telling you, come with me, come with me. We're going to watch what, what Jared Verse does. And, you know, right off the bat, wasn't getting, you know, first team reps. I uh, was jumping in there in the second team for quite a while. But those last two, maybe three weeks, that's that, that's a starting defensive end. Um, and I know that the big discussion later on will be about, you know, losing Jermaine Johnson, Keir Thomas. Right now you feel really good about having Jared Jared Verse on your team. There's a reason why so many schools immediately blew up his phone, his email. I mean, Tennessee was pushing really hard there at the end to to grab him. I, I really like the way that Jared Verse looked this spring, and I think it's and there's no knocking on a lot of these other transfers because they're not far away from Jared Verse. I think the biggest thing Coach Norvell told us after one of the practices that. All right, maybe it was the last one, and just the feeling of what he got from the early enrollees along with the transfers, everybody just felt like they had already been there for a couple months. Uh, it didn't take too much of acclimating, and I think that goes to what Norvell does with the guys and the personalities and the char- um, characteristics um, in the locker room with build- building a team that guys get along with one another. And uh, Jared Verse, you know, right off the bat, building relationships, he's a big-time competitor. He might be the hungriest guy to get after your shit. Um, you know, he, he's not a nice guy on the field. He'll let you know. And it's funny, you know, watching him go up and battle against uh, Trishon Ward. And we love you, Trishon, but the size difference is a big-time size difference. Yeah. But you saw them going at it. We saw in the goal line when we were in Doak, Ben, you know, watching Trishon Ward and Jared Verse get chippy with one another but the biggest thing was jared versus manhandling you know some of the linemen um and that's something florida state is going to have to watch out for you know you don't want to see that head into the season but you know they had some good battles against robert scott off to the side and you know also in the run game jared verse would plug up some holes there and he is a guy that i don't think his motor stops you look at him on the sideline too wanting to get back onto another play he's jumping around he's talking to uh to the offense let him know he's coming let me in let me in he is going to be very fun, very fun to watch. And I think, you know, for Florida State, one of your biggest question marks is who's going to be the, those two defensive ends and how do you replace those two stars that you had with Keir Thomas, Jermaine Johnson. I think you're getting a young baby Jermaine Johnson with Jared first, just a little bit faster, in my opinion. A guy that has a little bit more, like I said, more motor to him. And there's no knock whatsoever on Jermaine Johnson, first round pick. 
Jared Verse is very, very impressive. And I think that's by far probably my pick on the, the biggest transfer heading into this 2022 season that's going to play a really, really good impact for Florida State this upcoming season. Yeah, to me, uh, he's going to be a huge impact guy. I, I, Jared Verse, he's a really talented pass rusher. Uh, I definitely want to see how well he's able to to do some of the smaller things that we saw a guy like Jermaine Johnson just excel at, right? His run game, uh, you know, uh, fitting the gaps, just that that ability on the field to like, it just seemed like Jermaine Johnson knew as much as the coaches did in terms of what was going on on the field. The, the, the guy just looked like a savant at the defensive end for me. So Jared Verse, um, I think he's going to make that huge impact. I think you made a lot of great points with him. He was blowing up this offensive line. Robert Scott, Wes Harris, uh, both of them talked about <laughs> how much better, you know, those guys are getting because they're going up against Jared Verse. Um, so I, I think, and we'll talk about this later on, that you're not going to be able to replace Jermaine Johnson and Kier Thomas. But I think bringing in Jared Verse and elevating the guys around him, Derek, guys like McClendon, mm-hmm. um, Peyton, you know. Uh, yeah. They'll have waves pass rushers, and they'll be very successful, you know, throwing in multiple guys. But I think, for me, Jared Verse is that guy who's going to be in down and down out, right? He is a three-down player. Uh, he's going to be really, really great in the pass rush, especially. And I mean, I think his bend is awesome, man. Just, just his – that balance he has coming off the edge uh, – yeah, he, he, he just was one of the most impressive football players, let alone transfer players for me. So I think he nailed that one. I think Coach Storms has done a really good job, too, with a lot of these guys coming in. It's taken a while for some of these players to get acclimated to Coach Storms. You know, uh, tour of duty is something that just absolutely sucks. You know, from what we've heard from players, like it blows and it hurts even more for these transfers that haven't gone through this. You know, we've had a few conversations, you know, Johnny Wilson saying, you know, that this, this, the shit sucks. You know, it's not fun to go through yeah. whatsoever. And, you know, with Jared first, he, first off, you know, just looking at him, watching him walk into practice, you're like, okay, you know, this is an SEC type build a player, you know, just like Jermaine Johnson was coming from Georgia. This is a, you know, NFL caliber type player just from your physical attributes. But when it comes onto the field, you're getting a nasty, nasty player. You know, sometimes things had to be toned down. And I, I, I love it. I think Coach Nor- Norvell absolutely loves it too. But they oh. had to have a few conversations t- during some of the practices to maybe tone some things down. But if you go back to the 2011, 12, 13 days, that was every damn snap. Um, you're looking at Telvin Smith, LaMarcus Joyner, Timmy Jernigan, you know, that kind of mean tenacity and, and talking shit to the offensive linemen. And like you said, those guys told us they're getting better because of Jared Verse and what he brings. You know, he, he's going to talk, but he's going to back it up and make some plays. I think uh, we saw him in the IPF uh, during one of the series, had uh, two back-to-back sacks and had a stuff on the run. I mean, like you said, that's a three-down defensive end right there. And like I said, I think he's got a little bit more motor uh, than Jermaine Johnson. They're, I think he's just more lean, maybe more athletic. He's younger. And that's a really good sign for Florida State. They're not going to replace. You're not going to get maybe, I don't know, you're not going to get another Jermaine Johnson, but you really, 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 really do like what you see in Jared Verse. Can he be of that same caliber of Jermaine Johnson? I think so. I think the ceiling is high for Jared Verse. I know that we don't want to go overboard and such after a spring, but I'm sorry. You know, I've 
was able to watch last fall's practices with Jermaine Johnson, Ian Keir Thomas, and now I get to see Jared Verse. I don't see much of a fall off, on, on, in my opinion. I'm more of the other side. Derek McLendon looks like he's a fast guy, but at least for defensive ends, you feel good with Jared Verse, um, you know, maybe being a one and two uh, alongside maybe McLendon this upcoming season. Yeah, and I think he fits right into that Jermaine Johnson role, actually. You know, that Fox defensive end in this Florida mm-hmm. State defense. Uh, yeah, I, I think the great thing, too, about first to me, and I, I think this entire class is you have guys, this is not a knock on Jermaine Johnson, but you have guys who are going to be here for multiple years, right? This is not a one-and-done situation like yeah. it was last season where you're going to get that production and that player's going to leave. Jared Verse is going to build something at Florida State. And I think, you know, I'm going to be interested to see just how quick that impact is in, in year one. I, I'm not going to go as far as you did to say he's quite Jermaine Johnson. But I, I, I do think, you know, Florida State having to replace the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, well, you're not going to get a one-to-one replacement. I think they'll be able to produce a, a, a good enough pass rush, though. I, they will not have the 90 pressures between two players that they had last season with Thomas and Johnson. But I think they'll be able to get after the quarterback and especially this interior of the defensive line really um, just aids out those other guys. But the guy for me uh, in terms of the transfer guys, and I wasn't all in on him at first. I think part of that was because he was injured. It's Trey Benson, man. Mm. Trey Benson to me, I see running back one written all over him. Uh, this is a guy who his speed is elite to me. Uh, once we saw him in full go in the spring game, really being able to put together consistent series, you know, get consistent playtime on the field, he just unleashed his ability. Uh, and I think it's going to be very similar to the structure that they had last season where Jay Sean Corbin – he was running back one, but you had Treshawn Ward and Lawrence Toafili and these other guys in, in their support role, right, to do some of the things that uh, Corbin maybe didn't do as well. I, I think for me, the way I see Benson fitting in is they'll use him in the tosses. They'll use him in the counters. Any way you can get him outside the tackles and get him moving in space so he can use that speed, they're going to figure out a way to kid him there. So that is going to be his role, and I think he's going to get even more yards, touches, and scores than a guy like Corbin had last year. And then you go to Treshawn Ward. He's going to be more of your in-between-the-tackles guy for me. He's going to be uh, in the red zone, you know, more of a thumper. That's that's what I see happening. And I think for Trey Benson, I mentioned with Jared Verse, right? Multiple years you're going to be getting Jared Verse. You're going to get him for, for not just a one-and-done, you know, senior season. Yeah. Trey Benson's the same boat. You're going to get a lot of production, I believe, out of him over – his whole FSU career. Uh, and I think this is the type of guy that's going to be coming on strong this season. And then by next season or even the year after, he's going to be maybe not quite Cam Akers at Dalvin Cook, but just mm-hmm. below that for me in terms of the production we're seeing out of Trey Benson. I have high expectations. Those are great two points. You get two guys on offense and defense for a couple of years. And, you know, you don't have those one and dones. Like you had, you know, primarily with Jermaine Johnson on the defensive side. On the offensive side, you, you get you get Benson, who uh, really just once arriving, you know, that was the biggest thing for us once get to be there when media was allowed to see these guys walk in. Trey Benson, that's a that's a big boy. That's a big boy. But my biggest question with can he move? Can he can does he have a burst? And 
he does have that second, maybe even a third gear. We got to see it in the spring game too, and how I think Florida State's going to utilize him a bit. Everything was pretty generalized uh, for our viewing, but you got to see what Vincent can do and open space, and that wasn't really what we, maybe we were expecting. We thought maybe he could come in and be maybe that bigger back as maybe we thought DJ Williams was going to be. Which, by the way, DJ Williams is no longer a bowling ball. He's a he's a little mini guy now. Yeah. Compared He's shredded, to, man. He's yeah, shredded. <laughs> compared to Campbell and now Trey Benson, you know, those are your two uh, big backs. Uh, I think Benson is probably my guy along with maybe on the offense, Micah Pittman, uh, you know, had a slower start to the spring. You know, we got to see a lot of Johnny Wilson, who I think not as consistent as Micah Pittman. You remember the day, uh, Ben, where Micah Pittman decided to go off like a m- m- MF? I mean, yeah, I no, was- I- I remember that day, Logan. And we were in the perfect spot for it. I told you, you know, let's go to the end zone here. I think something's oh. going to happen. You know, I'm just a wizard. You know, I had like a wizard hat on. You know, I felt like someone's happening. But we got the perfect view of just Micah Pittman back to back to back. I mean, big time catches in the end zone on the corner over some DBs. And, you know, that was good coverage by these DBs, too. There was no knock on them. But Micah Pittman was just beating them in the battles for the ball, and that's not what you were expecting from Pittman. You Dude, know, his jump ability, his contested, his contested catches that we saw all of spring, that's yeah. what I was blown away by, Logan. It's like every single time you see the ball go up for a 50-50 or even less than a 50-50 ball, and you see, you see Micah elevating, and you're like, oh, you know, there's defenders there. He's not going to be able to make that catch. He kept making those catches, and especially, yeah. like you said, Later on in that spring session, those practices, he just was stringing together practice after practice after practice. And I think he will be using that gadget role like we expect him to. You know, we'll see the sweeps. We'll see uh, the movement across the line of scrimmage, doing all this interesting stuff with him. But, man, I I think he really does have uh, a very high floor as as just your consistent kind of number two receiver role. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was definitely a fun day to watch him, and we got to see him be one of the leaders uh, on offense, yeah. uh, right behind Trey Benson during the spring game, and how they're going to utilize uh, Pittman. The biggest thing I think with him is his elusiveness to understand what's going on in game. That's something that a lot of running backs do really well. You look at Dalvin Cook. Um, I still think too, Treshawn Ward has that same kind of ability with his eyes, reading what kind of blocks are coming, understanding where those safeties and maybe those linebackers are coming down at. That's something that he can do, you know, on the offense, but also special teams. You know, he's going to play a factor and punt return, uh, maybe others, but specifically definitely punt return. And he did a really good job at that at Oregon. He just understands what's going to happen ahead of him. He could kind of read what, you know, what's going to be shifting around and understanding how to get the most out of the yards ahead of him. And so, Pittman, I think probably my one and two, you know, Benson looking really well. Uh, and he's kind of shut up the crowd about him and the health concerns and all that kind of stuff. And we talked with David Johnson at the at the luncheon before the spring and said, you know, this is a guy that is really, really fast. And I think we're going to you're going to kind of be surprised of well, how well he looks and how healthy he looks. And um, I think, too, I think in the second scrimmage, Trey Benson told us that he felt the most healthy. He felt like with some of those cuts that he was having, that's where it kind of shifted off the worrisome. And now he's a full go, full head of steam for this upcoming season. These transfers, the biggest thing to me was they showed up, they acclimated very well. And it seems like they've already been here for a year or two. That's something that I think the staff does a really good job on is bringing these guys in 
and letting them understand and building the chemistry with their teammates. It's not like you're bringing in some guys on a one-year thing. You look at Jermaine Johnson and what he did. He's in Tallahassee now every other weekend, now traveling from New York City. He's coming down here. He's going to play a pivotal part, I think, too. And just being a true alumni to Florida State University, that's something that these players are coming in under the staff and really getting, uh, getting to know the team the university, the area around them in Tallahassee and really truly falling in love with the staff. And that's going to create guys because these practices aren't easy. They suck. I mean, they really do suck. I couldn't imagine you get one true water break throughout the whole entire practice. You had tour duty you're going through. It's not easy. The only way for that to happen is if you're building some kind of chemistry and they like, and they like the staff and they believe in the staff and they respect the staff and they believe in the vision that coach Ravel is doing. So that's something the transfers have done very well so far, along with the early enrollees. Yeah. And again, I want to emphasize this Logan, most of these guys, bless Harris. One, one guy we didn't mm-hmm. even include guys who aren't going to be one and done guys, guys who are going to be here for multiple seasons at Florida state. So I think for Mike Norrell and the staff, to me, that's a really key component of this, not just having those, you know, plug and play, fill a hole, worry about it the next season, guys. They have starters that they're going to be playing for the next two, if not three seasons in a lot of cases. Uh, so I, I, I thought this transfer class was hugely important. And we've seen Mike Norvell and the staff, um, they thrive off the transfers. They thrive off, you know, filling in those spots where they need to if they strike out. You know, like they did at the wide receiver position, kind of, you know, for that 2022 class. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think, like, you nailed it. This transfer class, they are all in. They believe in what they're doing at Florida State. Um, and I think a lot of these guys are going to make a big impact. I think that's the cool thing about this class is it's not just going to be, you know, a Jermaine Johnson or, you know, a, a Jordan Travis. It's not going to be one guy. Um that, that we see really excelled this season. I think we're going to see this transfer class play, pay out in dividends, especially early on in the season and even going, you know, further and further two seasons down the line. Um, but I, I do want to, you know, we've been talking a lot about this spring. I want to focus on one specific part of it. And we see these position groups kind of, you know, get together a lot. Um, and, and obviously, there are certain positions that are better than others. Wide receiver position, not one of the best at Florida State right now, I would say. Uh, but for, for, for you, Logan, overall, this is a team that has some elite players, some future pro guys, some future Sunday guys, and some pretty good positions. So when, when you're looking up and down the, the depth chart, is there one position group that stands out to you as the most dominant or the best for the Seminoles this year? Both sides of the ball I can pick. Hey, either way, go for it, man. Uh, I'm going to go probably defensive line. I think this is by far. I I thought it was one of the best last year, maybe the best uh, for Florida State. It's it, the scary thing is it's, it's going to get a lot better too. Um, you're bringing back Fabian Lovett. You're bringing back Robert Cooper, who absolutely dominated this last spring. Looked very well too. I mean, Fabian Lovett looked really good last year. Cool. And th- those are your two solidified. Those are your two starters. Those guys, you know, are, are, are NFL type players. You know, Robert Cooper. You're lucky to have him back. That's a true veteran. Fabian Lovett, another true veteran, played in the SEC. He knows how to get after and is a huge leader. You got you got two big dogs there. Behind them, though, I'm really excited for Malcolm Ray. I'm really excited for Jared Jackson. I think Jared Jackson hit a different kind of gear this last spring, and I think he's going to play a big-time factor this upcoming season. You still got Farmer, too, 
behind those two. So you feel really good about your interior there than, you know, I mean, and I know Florida state and recruiting, you know, you, you got to hope to bring in some more defensive linemen, but at least heading into this 2022 season, this is by far going to be, I think the strongest unit on Florida state's team. It's a battle between that and maybe the running back position, but just off of what we got to see and what we saw last year, this room, as, as, did a really good job of getting after the quarterback, stuffing the run. You know, oh when God, you're yeah. lining when you're lining up Lovett and Robert Cooper, it's not easy. And you know, I know we don't want to dive so much into the spring, but that was just absolutely domination. That was not even fair whatsoever. What we saw during some of those man eleven I, I on elevens, I felt bad for the interior guys on that offensive line. Yeah, uh, I just you way- weren't going to run in there. You just were not going to run the ball in there. You just weren't. You weren't. You weren't going to move either of those guys, right? I, those two were just. I mean, you said you don't want to go into it for spring, but man, those two were some of the most impressive to me. I, I really think when you talk about that depth of that room too, I think that's the key of, of that being one of the stronger rooms at Florida State. Uh, one of the strongest position rooms is they can go and dip deep into their depth chart, right? And, and I think that's going to be part of the strength of that defensive line is further and further the season goes along bumps and bruises along the way. They won't have to, to worry about, Oh, if we lose this guy, what do we do with this spot? They are too deep, even three deep at a lot of these positions along the interior, especially, man. I, I think that interior to me, it, it's going to be elite for them this season. I, yeah. I think Florida state's going to dominate from the interior and that run defense. It might be the best in the conference um, just because of, those two guys alone, you, I mean, you, you touch on them, Love and Cooper, uh, two really talented guys who are going to be doing a lot of great things for Florida State this year. Yeah, no, I, I think they're going to be the, I think they're going to be the best in the uh, conference. Um, you know, I think there's definitely a lot of other talented uh, squads out there. Just, but just off of what you got at the front, and then your depth to starters behind Love it and, and Cooper. I think Malcolm Ray, we saw really good signs of last year. Yeah. We got to see in the latter half where. You were seeing Fabian Lovett tell Odell Higgins and, and Adam yep. Fuller, I, I want to give Malcolm Ray a starting chance. Throw him in there, coach. I believe in him on an away game, too. And you see Malcolm Ray go in there and start. And, and you look at the spring, I thought that, you know, him and, and Jared Jackson, I, I think people are sleeping on Jared, Jared Jackson, Jackson. And that's understandable. You know, we, we get to see more of these in practices. A lot of For people sure. just go off of what they saw in the spring and the spring game and such. But behind the scenes and what we got to see in him, what I love going is watching the three-on-three three battles uh, during the scrimmages where you see Coach Atkins have his squad versus Odell Higgins, two phenomenal coaches at their crafts. But watching some of these guys dominate, like Jared Jackson, someone I think pissed off Jared Jackson. I don't know who did it. Someone said something to him. Um, near that end of the spring, but he hit something that I was not expecting. And not only just on the play, but a leader. That is, there's a lot of leaders in that room. That's going to be one of oh, the yeah. top defensive uh, line uh, and the conference and has a chance to be really special uh, outside of the conference, maybe in the country too. Um, if you're adding in maybe some of these defensive ends that will hopefully be able to get after the quarterback. Yeah. And that's offensive line room, but specifically that interior, um, it's just going to be, one of the the best rooms for Florida State this year. Can I say one of the best, Logan? Because I'm going to challenge you. You, you. you didn't even mention this. You know, you talk about the running backs. Talk about mm-hmm. the defensive line. Uh-oh. I know where you're going, I feel like. Are you, are you going – you're picking another position group? 
Yeah, let's talk about uh-huh. Florida State's best player, Jamie Robinson. Mm-hmm. Man, the safety room <laughs> that Florida State is going to have this year, I'm writing a very – yeah, they're – yeah, he's down there. Somewhere I'm trying to be a weather man. I don't know what I'm doing, but I think he's no. Right you there. you do that a lot better than I did. Then I, I kind of botched <laughs> that. But Jamie is going to be the best football player on Florida State this season. You saw how elite he was from the slot before Kevin Knowles came in and took that role over. This is a guy who graded out as good as NFL top forty picks last year. Wow. A guy like Jalen Petrie. Very similar kind of role-wise. Jalen Petrie from Baylor played safety, played nickel corner, all these different spots. To me, the versatility that Jamie Robinson and Akeem Dent bring to Florida State, uh, man, I think these guys are going to have a hell of a season. I think these are two really talented players. Obviously, Akeem Dent is a former five-star guy, right? He was a corner coming out of high school. They convert him from corner to safety. Go back and forth between positions a little bit. But when you finally – allow him to be that safety next to Jamie Robinson, allow him to be that free safety, allow him to roam as much as we saw him roam in that back half of the season. Um, Akeem was elite. And then we saw just how good he was in the spring too, Logan. This is a guy who got his, I think probably more interceptions than anyone for, I I am I right about that, Logan? I think he got more interceptions. Both in practices and by far in the scrimmages too. Yeah. So man, Akeem Dent, He has playmaker written all over him for me. This is a guy who uh, he already, I think, on PFF's big board for the 2023 draft is a top 100 player. That's what's pretty limited playing time. So uh, that's just the level of talent Akeem Dent is. But I think once we see him you know, get to be in that role next to Jamie consistently, man, those two guys are going to be really, really fucking special. And I think Jamie, man, he's just the best football player on this team. I think Jared Verse is going to be really good. I think a lot of other guys are going to do great things, but no one can do what Jamie does. He can play every single position in the defensive backfield that you want him to play, right? You can put him in that nickel. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're if you uncomfortable with your outside corners, move Kevin Knowles, greedy Vance outside, stick uh, Jamie in the slot. And then with teams in Florida State especially – basing their defense so much out of nickel so often now with the five defensive backs, you know, two outside corners, the two safeties, and then the nickel guy. Having Jamie on this team, I, I just don't know if there's anyone who's a more valuable player than he is for Florida State. And that's kind of why I, I keyed in on this position specifically is because I think if you lose either one of those guys, it is, like, terrible. Like, the drop-off from going from those guys – to, to, to the next guy on the depth chart. Uh, it's just too much to ask of those guys beneath them. But when you have Akeem and Jamie together playing and Adam Fuller can you know move Jamie all over the field, uh, mm. trust Akeem Dent, and they can make plays like they have been making, especially in the spring and towards the end of the year, um, I think this is going to be a really special safety tandem for Florida State. I think the they're going to be two guys we're going to be watching, you know, on Sunday in the future. And mm-hmm. uh, not just, not just, you know, undrafted fourth, fifth round guys. I think we're looking at two day one, day two NFL players. Uh, they're both going to be uh, drafted in the first three rounds, in my opinion. So, yeah, man, I, I really just think these guys, they haven't even shown really what they can do in terms of the interceptions that I think they're going to have by the end of the season. 
And I mean, Jamie had forced fumbles. He's all over the field, but mm-hmm. those two yeah, guys are going to get. Ball. They're going to. They're going to get after the ball, man. Yeah, he can strip that ball. We saw that um, in his time last year with FSU. And the biggest thing, those two, uh, the, the tandem can stay healthy. That would be gigantic for Florida State this upcoming season because, like you said, Jamie was kind of limited to the beginning start of spring. But like Coach Mike Norvell said, after a couple of full-on practices for Jamie being plugged back in there, that defense just hits differently. Um, and it plugs up a lot of holes, not only – just in how he does in coverages, but how he plays in the run game. And that's something that Florida State loves to have. They like a guy that can go in and tackle. You lose Jarvis Brownlee, which was was a nice factor to have in that run game defense. Jamie comes in and plays well last year, and I think a big season is ahead for him. And going over to Akeem Den, I'm really <laughs> – uh, I'm really, really stoked for him because that's a guy that kind of had his ups and downs, a lot of inconsistencies. You look at his freshman year and almost could have came away with like 18 interceptions if he would have caught it. Seems like that's been progressed and developed to where he is bringing these down, not only in practices, which we got to saw, but these closed off uh, spring scrimmages. We, we got to learn that, yeah, Akeem Dent was making plays and coming away with interceptions, Ben. he He's just a guy that puts himself in the right position. That's what you expect from a veteran defensive back. Um, and you know, I, like you said, these are guys that have NFL type of, uh, opportunities ahead of them. This is way down the road, but walterfootball.com, we put out a piece about this a couple months ago has projected, uh, Belichick, Belichick likes Akeem Den. He likes playmakers. there, definitely at the safety position. We know that, but projected to be a first round pick at the number 14 overall. This is just ways and ways and ways ahead, but just kind of goes to show that some of these national outlets are keeping an eye on Nakeem Dent. Um, and we know we've got a lot of projections on what uh, Jamie Robinson is going to have once ever he's, you know, depends, you know, after the season, there's, you got two. if you're getting those kind of projections early on, you know, that you feel pretty good heading into the season with guys that are playmakers. Safeties don't, go early they don't go second round first round unless they're there to come away with interceptions and put themselves in the right spot to make plays this is this is a good sign for florida state's defensive backfield yeah and jamie to me is just such a he's just such a talented player i i mean i talked about that versatility before but i for adam fuller having that security blanket in a sense, right? That guy who you can move around, he, who you, he can be your chest piece. He can be your queen on the chessboard. Put him wherever you want to put him. And he's going to, I mean, his run fitting to me, uh, man, he, he's elite in that. And honestly, I don't even really know if Jamie has a weakness in his game. As, you know, I, I've been reviewing a lot of the stuff from last year, especially that five, six game stretch we saw where Jamie and Akeem were paired together for more snaps than they did, especially early on. So, Getting to see those two guys interact that way. And then also, I just think they're the leaders on the defense right now. Uh, they're both veterans. They're both kind of the older guys in that defensive back room who are teaching the young guys, right, who are bringing them along, who are the leaders um, in the room. So the communication we got to see between them on spring practice to me that was one of the more impressive things, too. We just saw that constant back and forth with Akeem and Jamie. Um, and it just seems like the connection they have is uh, natural. And it, it, it's, it's a really important thing for this defense to have because having your two safeties be on the same page, be able to read each other's minds, right? Being able to 
make those decisions on the fly. Um, I just think it's going to pay off for these guys. And I, I really think this duo especially, man, they're going to get after the ball and they're going to be getting a lot of turnovers from Florida State. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now I'm excited for this group and there's a lot to like. You got to have playmakers there in that deep defensive backfield and come away with interceptions. The Florida State got a lot better at that this last season, getting those take takeaways, but making sure you seal away those takeovers. Make sure that, you know, when the ball is rolling around there, you know, in the red zone, maybe you try to go grab the damn ball and just get on top of it. Get on top of the damn ball. You know, nightmare city here for some of the Florida State fans who might go over here and not want to listen to this ever again, but Florida State has done a better job in that factor, and Jamie Robinson and Keem Dent will be your top guys, top-tier dudes on defense to do that. Yeah, they will. And like I said earlier, Logan, these are two guys we're going to be seeing, you know, added to that DBU, uh, that we that, that that collective of Florida State players mm-hmm. we see in the NFL right now. Um, so I think this is going to be a big year for both of these guys. And I love their personalities, too, I think. Like I said, they're kind of the natural leaders of the defense, uh, especially a guy like Jaden. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how those guys, you know, how everything plays out for those guys this year. They could, I think they could even catapult themselves both into that first round range if everything goes the right way, if they have the right sort of season. Um, and like you said, even then, there are a lot of great safeties taken in the second, third round of the NFL. If those guys are going to be at, that sort of spot, but both top 100 picks, that means that a lot of things went well for Florida State, right? Not just for those two players individually. So I think that's the key part of, of that. Um, but what about what I was going to mention real quick, what about mm-hmm. behind those two? What about the behind? You, know, you had Sidney Williams where it seemed like had a fantastic stride at the start of the year last year. And then, you know, health reasons kind of, you know, brought that back and you know we got to see him compete uh during the spring how do you feel about the rim behind that just in case someone were to to drop off there i think they have enough talent to figure it out there in fact i'm more interested by a sam mccall honestly yeah guys like travis J. sam mccall i i know travis J. we saw him was, he was a little bit hurt early on for florida state too right but uh sydney williams you mentioned him i, I just think there's a look the drop-off from the starters to the backups in that room is – it's just tough when you have those, – those guys are so talented with, with Jamie and Akeem. And like we were talking about with the defensive line earlier, those defensive linemen, you're going to be bringing in waves. You're going to be too deep. You're going to be just throwing guys at these offensive lines. Um, I think for Florida State, the defensive backfield, it's going to be different. Obviously, you talked about those safeties behind them, but I, I, I think – even then, looking at the corner, looking at nickel corner, um, I'm going to be interested to see how all that plays out, Logan. That's the really interesting part to me. You know, what happens if Kevin Knowles goes down or if they lose one of their outside corners? Do they move Jamie back to nickel? Do they stick a Kevin Knowles outside? Do they stick Greedy Vance outside? Um, I, I feel like they have a lot of these guys who can fill multiple different roles and I'm not as much focused on the other safeties as I am, you know, if they lose their base nickel corner, what the hell do they do? Because I think that's going to be really telling of how they feel about the rest of this defensive backfield and who gets those opportunities. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's worth noting too. Uh, we got to see Renardo Green be dropped down now to corner, so you kind of lose uh, a more maybe veteran side. You know, you still want to see some more play time from him and being fully healthy. But it's worth noting, you know, you don't have Green back there now at the safety position. He's dropped down to corner, expected to be one of the starters, maybe most most likely heading into the season opposite of a Marion Cooper. So. Worth something noting there and what they want to do just in case, you know, fingers crossed. A lot of this is going to be health for this team. But, uh, you know, the, the upside is if you can stay healthy, this is a strong unit. Yeah, no, uh, health is going to be really key for Florida State across the board. I, I think they're not as deep as they need to be. But the top end talent of this team is good enough that they should be much better. They should be much improved. This record should be better for Florida State. Um, and we saw, Logan, how many competitive games this team was in. So it's not like they're that far off from where they need to be. Um, but, man, we're wrapping up an hour and a half. Uh, this is pretty crazy. <laughs> Honestly, Logan and I were planning for an hour. We didn't even hit two of the topics that we were planning to talk <laughs> about. But I, 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 I hope everyone enjoyed watching this today. I know, I believe during this stream – has 400 subscribers on the channel so thanks to everyone who's watching if you haven't subscribed already it's free just go click the subscribe button beneath the video if you're over on twitter on tomahawk nation twitter jump over to youtube you can just go to uh, my at on the actual twitter stream and then also make sure you go check out no game day make sure you check out what logan's doing i believe you guys have an interview later tonight logan right Yep, with 2013 national champion. I think Kenny's been on our show for quite a while, but I kind of want to dive in a little bit more into that 20, that during his time at Florida State, but definitely that 2013 team the year prior. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny's always a great interview, um, and he has a big camp coming up too. So definitely uh, appreciate you, Ben, for having me on here. Hopefully, to do a lot more of these. Like you said, you and I yeah. can talk about ball for. A very, very, very long time. So we now know that maybe two or three topics are a max on here now. A day. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We need to make sure we uh, slim things down a little bit more next time because, uh, no, we definitely we, – we, we could just be on here for hours doing this. Mm. Uh, but, uh, no, I, I really enjoyed doing this with Logan. Obviously, like you said, we're going to be doing this again. And throughout the summer, we're going to be doing it during the season. We're going to yep. be talking ball a lot. So everyone uh, – Go check out the work at Tom Ognation I'll be doing. And make sure you're going over to Null Game Day uh, and reading all the covers that they're doing. I know both of us are planning, I believe, to be at that camp on Saturday, yep. be involved in all the recruitment stuff we're going to be seeing over the next couple of weeks uh, in Tallahassee. So make sure you follow both of us on Twitter. We'll be, I'm sure, posting a lot of, about that, uh, giving a lot of updates, You know, trying to get what information we can. Um, and... Floor State fans, if you enjoyed this, tune in next time and uh, make sure you're on, on the lookout. We plan on going every Thursday, but for now in the summer, it's going to be a more loose schedule. Uh, so just keep an eye out for me on my Twitter. I'll be updating the schedule and all the streams there. But, Logan, man, uh, thank you so much. This is a pleasure. And like like you said, we're going to have to do this again soon because uh, we got a lot more to talk about in terms of Florida State football. We will. We'll put a timer on next. I will make sure that we uh, don't talk too much. We won't dive too much into anything. But yeah, in, in between right. segments, we got to stop watching. Like, okay. Yeah, and... we're gonna have to have someone tap us on our shoulder here and make us <laughs> shut up. Make us shut up. But yeah, appreciate it. everybody. Hit that subscribe button. We'll be back here. We'll definitely be hanging out more to talk some Knowles. There's a lot to discuss. This is a big time season ahead for Mike Norvell, like we talked about earlier. So lot, lot to discuss. Big off season too. So we'll be here. Appreciate everybody listening.
All right. And uh, peace out, everyone. Thanks for stopping by. You can be on the lookout for another one of my pieces beyond numbers. It's going to be about Keem Dent, Jamie Robinson. I was talking a lot about those guys because I've been watching a lot of those guys and they are fucking impressive to me. So I hope everyone stays on the lookout for that. It'll be on my Twitter. It'll be on Tomahawk Nation. Uh, and yeah, this is going to be a really interesting uh, time for Florida State. We're getting out of that dead period now. So uh, thank you for everyone who watched and uh, we'll catch you next time.